Claxby Hill. We had a very long, we made Norwegian style sledging. Let's go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, yeah, you guys want anything else? Um, three butter beers and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Pete, oh, great, hot. This snake juice is basically rat poison. Spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. Drink, I like it. Three, two, one. We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket. Wait, no. listen. I have Disney, the four-year-old. What is happening here? I have the four-year-old. <laughs> well, hey, I did a lot of babysitting and nieces and nephews, and it's you know, it's good preparation like that. in that you will not be prepared at all. Just know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that when it happens for you, you kids won't are, are super all. easy because I get to give them back. I can do, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. whatever and just give them right back. Well, the events that transpired over the past week, um, my daughter now, if she picks up a rock, if she picks up a remote, it suddenly becomes a phone and she is calling Alex the DJ. <laughs> That was the cutest audio snippet. We're, so we were standing there in TJ Maxx. We are looking for um, a, a plant to go beside some furniture because we just moved, which is, uh, sorry, podcast listeners, that is the reason that um, the Instagram feed has been super slow is because our house has been in shambles. I haven't had a computer set up, uh, an office at all, and uh, I'm sitting on the floor currently. I'm not in not in the closet this time, but uh, sitting on the floor using a, a standing <laughs> desk as a floor desk. So it's it's a good time. Oh, listen, there is charm so, in the jank. Well, yeah. We're, so we're standing there in TJ Maxx. I'm losing my mind, and then I get that audio snippet from you, and I was just melting standing there. I was like, <laughs> it's all good. We made it. Which I'm surprised it hasn't also turned into a microphone, like any rock or... Uh, she, she's <laughs> right. She knows. You always say she's going to make a big noise in the world. Well, we figured out how. It's because she'll just find some microphone laying on the ground. She's like, my calling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hey. This is what I was uh, born to do. Alex, welcome back. This round's on me. Oh, I thank you. And if you happen oh, to find yourself. Much easier tab. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Just the two of us. If you have to. But if you happen to find yourself one booth down, this is a very special episode because um, Alex and I are recapping the wedding of one Mr. Cody Murphy. Uh, Unbeknownst to him, although as frequently as I had recorded and was like pointing my phone at him, um, I don't know if he noticed, but we recorded uh, the majority of Cody's wedding. And we're hoping. I think he was somehow blissfully unaware. Like, he was just taking it all in <laughs> in pure Cody fashion. Right. Just loving the ambiance of it being about him. <laughs> and he. And then it's just like, William's on his phone, go figure. <laughs> and he was blissfully unaware of what was going on around him because all of the tears were obstructing his vision. And he was unable to oh, say man. anything that was happening. Um, but unbeknownst to him, um, both Alex, Dallas, and I uh, may have hit record a couple of times on the, the uh, voice memo function on all of our phones um, because we wanted to preserve uh, 
in a way that only this podcast could. Um, Cody's wedding. You know, nothing says uh, we we love you, Cody. Like, let's make this about us. So. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> nothing says we love you, Cody. Like, um, let's covertly record everything that's happening in your most intimate moments. <laughs> right. And and I will say, just for the sake of. Um, you know the listeners we're not going to include everything there are going to be some of those moments that are only for cody and michelle to enjoy forever we will make two versions and you will never get to hear the other version so just you know sleep nicely just soundly tonight knowing that there is going to be things that you don't get to hear it's just we love rubbing that in (laughs) yeah right so um dallas was not able to join us this evening um so it's left up to alex and i um to kind of recap the wedding but um alex you actually came up thursday night and stayed all the way through the end of the wedding um there are not many people that are not blood relatives or in-laws that i would drive uh, a little over nine hours to come see and uh, you and your brother in Dallas have gotten that out of me twice in a year yes. span. So I, you know, like we talk about it, and I have known Cody for close to a decade at this point. And when he and I met, uh, you know, I'm just going to get cliche here for a second. I, I don't think I knew for sure if either of us would have been at each other's weddings. You know, like, if you told me that we would be standing here in front of each other and in front of the Lord, I wouldn't have, you know, classic uh, handwritten vows there, Cody, uh, you and me. Um, so I get to embarrass him with that now. So if, if Mama Murphy had told me that a decade from now, you're going to be the DJ, a.k.a. reject uh, groomsmen <laughs> Groom's number one. one. <laughs> Which I will say, we'll get to that later, but um, not many people got that. And I know Dallas isn't here, so I, I won't go too hard on him. But he was supposed to share the DJing responsibility, the MC responsibility <laughs> with me. He stood up for 10 seconds, I, you know, introduced myself, and then I introduced Dallas. And Dallas does nothing the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) So I told him, you really need to get up there and be like, uh, hey, guys, I I know I've really been carrying the weight of this emceeing on my shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was, uh, yeah, we came up Thursday and, uh, you know, we just moved, right? Right. So you've had a uh, crazy time over the past month. I think Allie and I counted it was we had seven weddings in 11 weeks. Wow. Yes. Yes. And Cody's it was the denouement, the the piece de resistance, the the ending of it all. And there's there was a level of emotionality to that for us because a, it's it's over. It's it's finally over. <laughs> but also, it's one of my closest and dearest friends. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, we left really early. Here, I'll insert that little snippet right now. Um, oh wow! Listen to us. Here we are driving. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and I'm even gonna leave this little bit in so people are extra awkward. With- hey guys, it's uh, Alex and Allie. We are on our way uh, to Kentucky. 
It's a little after 9 a.m. here in North Carolina, and we are super excited. I've known Cody close to a decade at this point, and not only has he uh, been there for Allie and me through our entire relationship, uh, but he and I have seen each other at the highest of highs and lowest of lows, and man, am I excited to be a part of this this mountaintop for Cody. Uh, you know, him and Michelle are just phenomenal together, and we are so excited to be on our way. All right, heading to uh, Cody's bachelor party, which, saying it out loud, makes this whole, whole thing seem real. Up until this point, it still seemed like a faraway thing, but uh, it is it is real, which is a, an emotional time, but a good time. I've brought bail money and first aid kits and tissues, depending on how this uh, shindig's going to work out tonight. But Cody, congratulations, my dude, and uh, hopefully you're uh, still alive, sober, and uh, out of jail by the time your uh, wedding kicks off, man. So here's two good times, good fellowship, and uh, good friends. Love you, Cody. This audio starts. Yes. And I'm going to cut my sentence off right there, just halfway, when it awkwardly <laughs> starts. Oh, please. Uh, Scott's taught the crap out of this episode. Like, I bless I you. <laughs> give you permission. Yeah. The other fun thing about driving through, like, heading back to, you know, home, so to speak. Mm. Like, because I still consider Kentucky home for me. Yeah. Is that we came up through parts of Southern Virginia and then kicked into West Virginia and down through Charleston. Yeah. And Cody and I have talked, A, about Charleston quite a bit. So, uh, Allie and I are passing through West Virginia and passing by the state capitol right now. And I promise, dear listeners, uh, that that is somehow relevant to Cody. Because every time we talk about the state capitol of West Virginia here in Charleston, uh, he says that this gilded dome is not... uh, particularly suited to West Virginia. I'm sorry to any of our listeners who might be from West Virginia, but your all's capital is too dang pretty for this state. Uh, And that is Cody's opinion. And every time I see it or fly over it or see a picture of it, I just think about Cody going, y'all don't deserve that. So uh, that's our, our driving commentary that William requested. But also there was a few stories that I hadn't shared about Charleston, so that got me reminiscing. So another story that I just thought of as we're driving through Charleston, uh, or West Virginia, have I ever told you the story of the time Cody and I road tripped from Virginia back to Kentucky? You have, but I love it and I wanna hear it again. Okay, so this was at a time when my car had been totaled, and so Cody offered to drive me all the way into Lexington. My parents would drive from Louisville to Lexington, pick me up from there, and then drive back. Okay? Okay. So, uh, 
we're, we're getting all the way through Virginia, no problem. It's some cold weather. But by the time we get into West Virginia, a snowstorm hits. Mm. And the entirety of I-64 is in gridlock traffic, not moving, mm-hmm. not like, not stop and go. We are stopped on a highway with snow accumulating around us. And so, like, two or three different times, Cody and I get out of the car, or out of his truck, and had a snowball fight. Two two grown adults playing in the snow. Knocking on car doors. Do you want to build a snowman? That may, you know, we may have actually been right at the same time as Frozen. That would have gone over well. And then, for entertainment, because we were just at a dead stop in the, you know, dark of the night... Uh, Cody pulls out his iPad. I didn't know it was at nighttime. Yeah, it was at night. We're on the highway at night. Oh my gosh. So the only light we have is his truck, like dome light, and a few road lights on the highway. And we're going out, you know, on the highway, building like snowballs. And um, But then Cody pulls out his iPad, and we watch Star Wars The Clone Wars. So... Uh, if that's not the most Cody story, I, I don't know what is. So, Michelle, just just know what you're getting yourself into, okay? It's lots of snowball fights and movie dates. Yes. So not only on a whole, like, nine hours was I being very nostalgic and feeling emotional, but then I get there and you guys are just ready to have a good time. And by good time, we mean staying up till, like, three in the morning right. talking about British politics and drinking ale late. <laughs> so this, right. this episode is sponsored by ale late. Oh, uh, Winchester swamp water. That is the that finest is the dream. A Kentucky boy right. can get. Um, no. So Cody, uh, he had mentioned that due to the fact that several of his friends were having to travel from all across the country, he wanted to have the bachelor party on Thursday night. Um, so I'm like, okay, done. Yes, we'll do it. Um, however, I knew that this was like during the typical work week and getting off of work was going to be a little bit difficult. But um, I I don't want to say that I was surprised with the number of people that showed up Uh to support him and the number of people that showed up on Thursday night, but it it made my older brother heart very, uh, very proud and very happy that uh, I've noticed that Cody does seem to attract a type, and that type <laughs> seems to be salt of the earth, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Like if you well, if you had oh, if you, so you, had, you had two qualifiers, it was salt of the earth and absolutely hilarious. And so, in it, Cody was one of those that I don't want to say he was easy to please, but it, his idea of a good time is good conversation. And so, absolutely. there was no requirement of oh, we had to go cruise some strip somewhere. We did not have to go to some sort of casino. We did not have to pound back ample amounts of alcoholic beverages. It was just conversation. 
So I just left my mom and dad's house. I'm getting ready to drive over to the house for the bachelor party. It's exciting. And so, yep. Uh, when a mom had mentioned that she had rented an Airbnb, and they said, "Oh, we've got a fire pit out back," I'm like, "Perfect. That's the one. That's it. We built a That's fire." It. And what happened after that? Is well, let's just let it speak for itself, shall we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it would it would almost be like you know if we we're recording the whole thing and you didn't know cody <laughs> so here, here's a selection of some of our favorite uh moments taken away what away. <laughs> so but there's one day we've got to listen to the show we've got to at least go three more listeners <laughs> <laughs> have we we okay can we go back to the grenade like i think did we not do that for the oh we said it, we did it while we were sitting around for the okay, yeah, yeah. but we didn't actually put that one in right there were a few things that you edited out and i was like Probably for the yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's watch list of all I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we don't need to hear multiple gratuitous penis stories, right? Well, just one go solid on. one. <laughs> can, can, so, can we just go. get back to the grenade? Like, how did, how did you take possession? Oh, man. Do you so, want to deal with something that's dangerous in your hand, or do you want to deal with a grenade? Like, right now. Because so. <laughs> the penis story still hasn't been told. <laughs> The second penis story, which I think is the better of the penis stories. So, Ooh, I've got a good penis story. See, if you, you haven't lived in what's been a good penis story. Uh, uh, thankfully, mine's secondhand. <laughs> secondhand penis is the number one killer of... <laughs> Over 50 in Florida. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways. So, with the feral story was with... We were all together having a grand old time in the dorm, and it, the electricity went off. It makes my heart so happy. I kind of freaked out. Don't know why. Well, it wasn't just the dorm. Like, you looked out the window, the entire town was black. Yeah, it was grid down, no no light. It was, it was dark outside. This was in Moorhead, right? Yeah. yeah. No they emergency just lights. It's just it's black everywhere. Town in Moorhead when we're so, talking about So, I don't even, I don't know why I did this, but I just kind of lost it and ran away. And they found me, and I was hunched over in a corner with a red marker and it colored all over my face. And then I just ran out into the hallway and started stalking and chasing people and jumping off of things. The whole, the whole Wait, was alcohol involved? No. No, I was stone cold sober when all that happened. That's the part that was, was like... Go get food. Get food. Get peer pressure. There's, you know you want to. Wait, uh, if if that is if that is, is the extent of the peer pressure so at a bachelor know, party is I know yeah eat. <laughs> right yeah I can't believe they pressure me to eat a chain sustenance <laughs> we have two modes it's either like tell me about your deepest like feelings and like let's get really really deep or ha <laughs> penis like, <laughs> yeah. two modes that's it like no in between I have encountered a, a in, at Amazon there. now three returned used dildos. And a, and a star destroyer, and a star destroyer, and, and a star destroyer, so and, some and some Mandalorian helmets that you know that which I can never Is it wear. All from the same order. Uh, <laughs> He's like, that I can I never, never wear. Get those thirty <laughs> yeah. minutes. Back. Like I have to get a custom. I have to get she a custom sized impressed. Mandalorian helmet from the same people that made the Death Star. Like. <laughs> It's you just it like put a skin over that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like saber, damn it. 
It lit up and twirled. And then there was one Comic Con got kicked out. <laughs> this is what I was trying to figure. I I almost said something to Allie, but you're driving down through West Virginia, and it's like the Lion's Den, and I'm like, how do these places still exist? Uh-oh. Like Amazon's like discreet, like. I take one of those <laughs> and send. It's also, Has anyone ever been to one? No, no. You can okay. be honest. So no. I took. I thought about it when too. I worked at the group home. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I worked at a group home with guys who were visually and physically disabled. I was in training at the time, and so I was working at this house. And the guy that was training me was like, "We're going out this week." So, I'm going to take the guys where they want to go. I was like, oh, that's Walmart. No, there used to be in, in Mount Sterling an adult bookstore slash I remember all other that. things. I remember passing it, it called, right off the interstate. It was called Teddy's and Toys. And <laughs> I don't know if you have ever been to one of these stores, but you definitely don't want to take three handicapped dudes uh, <laughs> because they are not appropriate in the best of times. They're not appropriate in the worst. So, I've only been into Spencer's It was once. the worst of times, and it was the worst yeah. of times. <laughs> yeah, Charles Dickens rewrites And they history. went in there, and they had something loud to say about every single thing that they picked up. <laughs> they had questions that they were very willing to ask the gentleman that was working behind the counter about, oh. about how things worked, what you would do with them, if they could do those things with them there. And then they decided to peruse the reading material in sweatpants. So, and so oh. it was the worst experience I ever had and I was like you know what and I stayed there for five more years so it was great so the, the you really hated it Dallas yeah, I made seven dollars and 25 cents at that job uh and it was at this point at the night that I realized and I I think I've known this all along but I was actually able to express it in words that my favorite sport mm. is witnessing people meet Dallas McKinney for the first time Dallas is the center of attention on your bachelor <laughs> no, yeah. night. Like, Listen, I, me, so Kristen, Kristen just you asked me. Fight, she just texted me. <laughs> Kristen just texted me and said, so how's the party going over here? And I said, I've realized what my favorite sport is. And she was like, because I don't sport. <laughs> my favorite sport is witnessing people meet Dallas McKinney for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like me and him could be like best friends. Right? <laughs> Right? And I think, honestly, okay, I'm going to get sappy for a moment. This is a testament to the people that he attracts. Because even if they don't know each other, you get them in the same room, and they all realize that, like, Oh my goodness, I just found a new best friend. I know. This is the and best. Cody just sits back contentedly and yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like slughorn the over there. Yeah. Like, yes, my intellectual <laughs> Alex. You did it. I just, like, I'm going to pull the Harry Potter shirt off. <laughs> well, right. What did he say? I didn't hear He made you. a Harry Potter reference. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll have to catch it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God bless you, Dallas McKinney. Um, you were just so full of life and stories that if there was not evidence and corroborating witnesses <laughs> I'd, I'd lock you I think um, I think you really kind of hit hit the point really well William when you're talking about like the people that Cody surrounds himself with it's like the classic show me your friends and I'll show you your future right. and 
I, I was trying to express it to Allie, but there's not a single person in that group that I can't get along with. If you and Dallas and, and Cody were right up the road, we would be having game night every night, you know? Um, and I feel like that with pretty much everyone in that group. So you really, yeah, you really hit that home. Yeah, um, Cody is one that uh, he's always, at least from my external perspective, he's always been the type of person that just attracts quality to yes. himself. And, and then there's Alex. He's the outlier. <laughs> Alex, Alex is the one that he just always repels. <laughs> He somehow slipped through the cracks. We're not sure. Um, the bachelor party was one of... Uh, it was a very simple premise. Mm-hmm. Um, gather the people that consider Cody a friend in a room and just pop the popcorn, sit back, and Michael Jackson style watch <laughs> what happens. That is a, a meme, a, a gif that is so good. That it even works in an audio format. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I every, everybody knows what it is. I think the other really great part about the weekend on the whole was uh, the love was palpable. It was it was tangible, you know. Um, and and you go to some weddings and it's just either bridezilla or stress or um, anger their wedding was probably one of the most love-filled, spirit-filled, Christ-filled uh, weddings that I've, I've ever been to. Oh, it was... And that speaks volumes. Every single person that I have um, talked to after that wedding, the unanimous descriptor that everyone used was perfect. Like, the weather was perfect. The ceremony was perfect. The joy and there was some fear about the the weather if you recall yes so um my wife and i and my daughter we went to my mom and dad's house on wednesday just to be there on site to help with everything that needed to be prepped and as we were driving up on wednesday i checked the weather and it was it was like some sort of cosmic slap in the face because as you looked at the weather every single day in the 10-day forecast had a giant sun gleaming over top of the infograph except for saturday except for cody's wedding and when you expanded it and you looked at the hourly rain was in the forecast from 1 until 7 p.m and their wedding was at 3 30 so it was oh it was it was an inconveniently placed rain cloud. Like, it was it was perfectly in the wrong spot. Yeah, perfectly in the wrong spot. Yes. So that was the perfect aspect of the weather leading up until the wedding. But <laughs> we had the entire state of Kentucky and multiple, <laughs> multiple liaisons in many other states across the country praying the rain away yeah. on that day. Yeah. And I even woke up on Saturday morning, the day of his wedding, I looked at the forecast and those rain clouds had turned into suns from one until like 8 p.m. And Mm -hmm. I, being emboldened by (laughs) the answered prayers, I even said, hey God, yeah, it's me. I know I ask for a lot, 
And I know I have to stay. It's me, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, right? it's me, Margaret. Anyway, so I said, hey, God, so um, I know that half the state of Kentucky has prayed the rain away today, but I'm going to put a little addendum on that. If you don't mind, can you slide just this nice little wispy cloud over the sun during the ceremony? Because the photographer in me was like, let's get the light nice and diffuse. Let's right, let it right. make nice and ambience and let's let nobody squinting. And by the time we had all walked up to the front, a cloud slid over the sun. And oh, it was. I leaned over to Allie and I said, Not only was it sunny while we were having everyone come down the aisle, but this is perfect for flat lighting. <laughs> right? It was like, Shut up, shut up, and watch the ceremony and hit play. <laughs> When you're supposed to hit play. And I was like, yes, ma'am. So oh. that was... God bless you, Allie Christian. Uh, and it was so tangent. Meeting your wife was one of the <laughs> oddest experiences that I've ever had. Because I've never oh, actually met her in person. But True. the moment she walked in the door, it was like, throw your arms wide, go in for the embrace... Hey, yep. lifelong friend that I haven't seen in a couple of months. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. And we've never actually met in person. That was the... Does she have that effect on everybody that she meets? I wouldn't say everybody, in all honesty. Like, she would prefer a hug if you're a hugger. But it's also... Um, she's she's right. Like, it feels like I, you know... by She's known Cody as long as she's known me just because he's been around mm -hmm. but for for you and for dallas it feels like i i should have just known you all for my whole life as well you know like it was funny because it was like oh yeah i've met these guys in person a whole whopping one time and it was also really funny meeting your parents because cody has met my parents uh he's gone out to lunch with us after church before and I have never met uh, Logan and Bonnie. They are very, very sweet humans. Um, <laughs> and it's what I will say, uh, and I say this with a ton of love, I, I promise you. Your family and Cody versus Michelle and her family are like if you cross-pollinated the wedding scene in Up. The loud, rambunctious <laughs> character has the more reserved, you know, just quiet parents, and the family is, you know, yeah, yeah, congrats. And Michelle, who's the quiet, reserved one of the two, has the woohoo family, and it cracked me up. I could not, I was just like, all right, uh, you know, Cody and William are one way. I am just expecting, no, no, not that. Oh, okay. Okay, Michelle's very quiet and reserved. I assume her mom, oh, her mom's just like, hey there, I just met you. And like, I was like, hi, right. hello. So I loved it, I love it, it was great. Talk about perfect pairing where they um, and And I've said this before, well. it's um, Cody brings out the best of Michelle and Michelle brings out the best in Cody. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, we're not going to play 
their personal vows to each other. But there was a very poignant moment in Cody's vows to Michelle that thank you for seeing the man that I am, even though I can't see it myself. Mm -hmm. And that's that was the point. I've always known that things were going to be okay. But that was the moment when I realized that he knew things were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a, as a, as the big brother, it's it, as much as we may have bickered growing up. Um, you do want <laughs> your, you may fight and you may squabble with your siblings, but if anybody else, even crosses that line with your siblings like you would like yeah. you you become your siblings ride or die like that that's that's just part of that's just part Absolutely. of it and that was that was the moment when i realized like yeah he would be okay um he's so he's made it we have um we've kind of recapped thursday recapped the bachelor party uh friday was a day again of just preparation <laughs> do you do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, I'll I'll give a little recap here. Um, yeah. So there's this thing called gravity. Uh, <laughs> and is it is it nine point eight meters per second squared? You are correct, sir. Hell? Okay. Uh, the the met- I, I preferred my my uh, college professor who was like just rounded to ten, and I was like, you're a good man. Um, made made math so much simpler um gravity has a way of pulling things down what goes up must come down so (laughs) i'll back you know now that you've got that teaser i'll bring it back so that morning um i was alone in an airbnb and you texted me very kindly and said i'm gonna go get coffee do you want anything and i was like yes because if i'm gonna be helpful this morning i need to be caffeinated so we go back to your parents to start setting up and you know at first i'm kind of standing there like well i'm not really part of the wedding party so i could just kind of be like all right guys i'm gonna take it easy over there no no don't do that you came all this way you were gonna do everything in your in your power so I go in i ask your mom i'm asking michelle what do you want me to do so well go over the you know uh, you know, arches over there. What is it? A pagoda? Pavilion? Um, what do you call it? Pergola. Pergola, that one. One of, I think I said one that was Asian, one that's a little bigger, and then uh, gave up. So <laughs> I was I was hitting all around it. Go over to the pergola and take down the swings. I was like, perfect. So I'm up on a ladder. And I get the swings down just fine. So that was it. That's all that happened that day. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, there's this giant cutout uh, C, wooden C, a wooden ampersand, and a wooden M that need. They're painted white. They're gonna be hung up on the barn. And uh, at first, your mom asks Cody to do it, but of course, jokingly, she goes, "Well, we can't have him up on a ladder. What if he fell?" <laughs> That'd be a bad idea. <laughs> oh man! So I go out there with Cody. We go get. I think, I think that's it's a Louisville ladder, and it was at least twelve feet 
at the time. And so I get the ampersand up there. And I'm drilling in the ampersand. And nothing happens, and that's it. Um, and then, oh, that's right. So then we start on the C. So I get the C up there, and your mom and Cody are bracing the ladder. And as I'm drilling in the C, the, the drill bit slipped a little bit, and uh, that's it. That's all that. I can't, I can't keep selling this joke anymore. No, no, you can't. What wound up, no, but what did wind up happening is while I was on the sea, um, Cody jokingly yells up, hey, did you remember to sign the waiver? And I said, no, but I did sign the liability form. I'm not sure if those are the same, uh, jokingly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we move over. And I still don't know why we did it in this order, probably just because uh, otherwise I would have died. But we move over to the center of the barn uh, where the opening, you know, the archway to the barn is. And I go to start hanging the M. And I look at Cody and I say, you know, there's some gravel here. I think this could be a little loose. Uh, this, This doesn't seem too sturdy. He said, don't worry, mom and I are bracing the ladder. So I go up, I start, I've got the M pressed with my left hand, I'm standing upright, I've got the drill in my right hand, and somewhere deep in the earth, I feel, <laughs> I feel the, uh, the feet of the ladder start to mm-hmm. give way. You took the advice is, from a lawyer whose last name is Murphy. That was. I, I think I make that joke in a recording you'll soon. Hear, <laughs> but, um, at that moment, I my brain went into. I said this already, but I went into cat mode, and I thought, okay. I'm going down, like the the ladder is slipping out. It's not tipping, thankfully. I'm just gonna ride it down. And so I pushed off the wall to level myself, looked straight down and rode the ladder down about 12 feet and landed on my feet. But the only problem is, is that when a ladder is at an angle and you are straight through the rungs, uh, it did a number on my knee and my shin. I may have a hairline fracture, but there is nothing I can do about that. So uh, maybe we can add some photos in the show notes. We say that every time. Like, oh, we'll put it in the show notes, images or something. <laughs> and I don't think they ever make it, but um, I have a gnarly bruise on my shin and my knee come to find out and i'm not i'm not sure if i should be very proud of you or angry at you but william is up at the house uh or up at the uh, i was at the pergola we're hanging the the flowers up yeah okay and uh william decides to hit record and run on down so listen it was like you were on the ground you were no longer falling (laughs) i genevieve i was on the ground Genevieve was, I was on the ground, tending sure. to you. Because, kind of. Because you immediately became her best friend during the entire thing. So much so that, like, on the way to the grocery store today, she's like, hang on, I'm calling my friend Alex the DJ. Like, she's still, 
Yeah, um, she was obsessed she was obsessed with you the entire weekend, but I mean, we had we entered the weekend planning on recording a podcast episode of Cody's Wedding. And I can stand, so I just like I'm about a billion degrees. No, seriously, my I, what? Well, thank you, ma'am. How's that for a mystery, huh? <laughs> Cody and Michelle. I'm sorry. I'm glad you're alive. Really, it's going to be up there. Gorilla glue, doesn't it? It does. Just a little bit of duct tape and some white tape. Hey, aren't you glad it wasn't Cody up there? Do you know what would happen? You kind of I somehow would have flipped 180 degrees and landed directly on my my brain. Like went into like cat mode where I heard the gravel and I went feet through. Okay, and I just like literally like stood it down and landed on both feet. It was it was a very graceful catch. (laughs) It actually was survey stake. Uh, We'll fuse that right there. Seriously, the worst of it is the like fact that my body went into like survival. You'll be sore just because you tensed up, probably. Well, my brain said like write it down. So, and I didn't even scratch up my palms because I was just like. Did did he land on the knife? No, that came out of the pocket when the shirt came up. So. Cheers. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Should we not have a knife? What were we saying about a story to tell my kids one day? <laughs> we, we come back home to Kentucky, we visit Uncle Cody and Aunt Michelle, and then. I almost died. It's fine. <laughs> before their wedding. Well, with our family, usually pop off, so. Wait a second. There's, there's a law about this. Whatever can go wrong. Curse um, <laughs> you, bury the platypus. What I love, though, is on the way down, as my hands went up to bounce, my shirt caught my knife out of my front pocket <laughs> and decided to throw this to the ground. Well, uh, Genevieve, in pure childhood uh, curiosity, goes, ooh, free pocket knife, and starts wandering off with a knife. Meanwhile, all the adrenaline in my body plus the caffeine Decided to just make my heart pound about 300 beats per minute, and I went from like a nice, I mean, it was like 68. It was beautiful that morning. So I was like comfortable in a long sleeve shirt and an undershirt. Now I'm about 7 billion degrees, and I throw myself on the ground. Your mom's like, Are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, Yeah, but I am on fire. Like, all of the blood has rushed to my extremities at a speed hitherto unseen (laughs) and uh so i'm laying there like ripping my shirt open so i can get fresh air she's like do you need anything and i'm like a water bottle (laughs) so um so that was that was eventful but we were able to get the speakers set up we were able to get all of the tarps on the tent set up right um i will say Michelle, Cody, when you hear this, putting a wall on a tent 
will not prevent dew from forming when it's out in the open air. But we love you so much that William and Kranz and I did it anyway. <laughs> it will not do anything for dew if it's exposed to the elements. You're going to need a seal on that. But we put up tarps because we love you all so much. It, it, it did nothing, but you asked us to do it. Yes. And yes. that's what we were there for. It got done. All right, friends. The wedding is set up. The tent is up. The chairs are out. The altar looks beautiful. I'm currently standing outside my parents' house, listening to the breeze and the crickets. Cody and Michelle swapped their vows today, and it was beautiful. Well, that's when... I know that you and um, Kranz, you went back and stayed at the Airbnb together. We did that evening, and he did a little. He did a little scheming that evening as oh. well. Yes, so I think we have some recordings. But uh, Cody has a friend from law school, and and we've been also talking about uh, having this uh, character as a guest at some point. Uh, this gentleman served in special forces as a medic and then got bored and decided I'm going to go to law school and so uh, that as is how Mark does. as one does like I'm bored with being a medical professional who's in special forces <laughs> um, maybe I should pick up the next most difficult he he is a singular a doctor and a lawyer walk into a bar he's just right. the one unit right so he moved uh, to Alaska and then decided, you know what, I'm bored with being a doctor, lawyer, special forces guy. I'm going to go help uh, volunteer in Ukraine. So Cody just figured Mark will not be making it. He's either in Alaska or somewhere else. But Kranz had actually gotten in touch with him more recently and found out that he was in D.C. doing some lobbying work and so called him and said, where are you? And he said, I'm in D.C. And he said, how quickly could you make it to Cincinnati? And he said, I could be there tomorrow. Why? What's up? And he said, you need to make it for Cody's wedding. So Kranz basically invited a wedding crasher who was totally welcome. And he and I wound up... Uh, swapping stories all morning the next day, the day of the wedding. It was... I don't know. I think I may have just told this all out of chronological order, but... No, listen. Um, Mark Hayward is... Uh, I have heard this story many times from Cody in personal conversations. Like, he is one of Cody's heroes. And... He has... Cody has said that he has a Mount Rushmore of people. Mm -hmm. Which I feel is, like, very aggressive to say... You know, I only have four slots. But <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you only have four slots, and you've made it on someone's Mount Rushmore. You're welcome to crash any event, any wedding, except for the wedding night. Any event that you absolutely want. Um, and I think <laughs> any event except for the wedding night. Yeah, right, right, right. No, uh, no. I no. think Cody had uh, um, Kranz had said, "Hey, I'm on my way to Cody's wedding," and Mark Hayward, from what Kranz had told me, had said, "I have nothing to do tomorrow." And he literally booked a flight to Cincinnati, got a rental car, drove down to the wedding. 
and was there. Like, my mom and dad were both absolutely flabbergasted when they heard, <laughs> like, what he had done. And he brought a flag that he had taken with him to the Ukraine that yes. he uh, basically was the, if we're not going to get out of this, we're going to fly the flag high and go out with a bang. Like, that was the flag that he took, and he brought it and he gave it to Cody and Michelle. It was... It, it blew me away. And again, this all goes back to the quality of people. Show me that, your friends, I'll show you your future. Right? The quality of people that Cody attracts to himself. As as insecure as he is at times, and as self-conscious as he is at times, like you said, show me your friends, You'll show. I'll show you your future. Like, just look at the people that, like, would do absolutely anything and this weekend was a moment where i could look at the people who would do that and Mm -hmm. again it's but speaking of making cody feel insecure i think that there's someone to blame for that (laughs) william it's so it's there has been there has been one singular moment in cody's life that he has been able to hang high hold over your head just proudly and that was his wedding his best man speech that was that was his best man speech and it was his best man speech now i just remember sitting at our bride and groom table actually i think we sat in front of it while he was giving his best man speech and just laughing to the point where i was gasping for air I return. He's returning the favor. I am excited about it. I did. I do remember your speech, Kevin. Yeah, my speech. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> All the things that happened, right? It, it People who weren't there are like, I heard Cody's best. I. I mean, I'm, I. I wasn't there. I knew all about it. Yeah, the historical events that took less time than for William and Kristen to get married. <laughs> he remembers it verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, like the premise the was very simple. Was it took less time for America to beat Nazis than it took for William and Kristen to get married. And then the one that really blew the roof off the house was the ministry of Jesus Christ. Theologians believe that Jesus' earthly ministry was around three, three and a half years. So let's, let's look at this. It took less time for Jesus to save the world from our sins than it took for my brother to get married. <laughs> And, uh, he, we do come from a very strong tradition of hyperbolizing stories. I did the math. And making no, 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 not not that. Like make, <laughs> making them more grandiose than they should be. But whenever he says it, like blew the roof off the house, like I I I couldn't help but laugh. Like I just remember this like deafening drone of laughter at that point. <laughs> and listening to the din of laughter around me hyenas people that i trusted they are (laughs) siding with my little brother and my wife and i have been married for over eight years now it'll be nine years in may and i knew because it was it was really easy to determine who your best man was going to be when you have one brother right and that one brother is somebody that you can get along with and I think I had actually mentioned that you had started recording my best man speech and we lost a little bit toward the front. But basically the summary was, if you have one brother and you halfway get along, it makes picking your best man super easy. And so I picked Cody. 
However, it wasn't until my own wedding that I started to be nervous about it. <laughs> because and I think we showed you why. Yeah, because for those who were in attendance, they know brought, brought the, the house down. <laughs> and for those who weren't, his premise was very, very simple. Very simple. Most great comedy is. Uh, he simply listed off historical events that took less time than my own engagement. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound bad, or funny for that matter, until you hear some of the entries. <clears throat> Most American presidencies. Ooh. World War II. Ooh. <laughs> the Ministry of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I deserved it. I, I really did. Made the older brother. days, I did the math. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, I, and I have apologized. As we've gone older, I've apologized for a lot that I did as his older brother. Oh, hey, I forgot one. Okay, so Cody, I am so sorry that I convinced you that I could move water with my mom. <laughs> 17 is a hard enough age. I mean, but what can I say? I was manipulative and he was gullible. Let's just call a spade a spade. I mean, when we were kids, my grandmother, uh, rest in peace, she bought us baby ducks for Easter. No. <laughs> and I mean, that sounds great. And it was for a while, uh, but we were playing with said ducks, and one of them just falls over on its side and has a minute-long tonic-clonic seizure. And me, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I looked at him and said, oh, Cody, sorry about your duck. <laughs> and for, I mean, for those of you who are worried, the duck came out of it, and it popped right back up, and then... A week later, had a seizure in his water bowl and drank. <laughs> no. Honestly, explains why he became a lawyer. <laughs> that or a superhero or supervillain. But your verdict's still out. On the What's second. the difference? Well, really? I know, you're right, right? Uh, but I mean, what were we supposed to do? Like normal brother things? Fight? Like physically fight? Yeah. Good grief! If our disagreements came to fisticuffs, my mother would have thought we were athletic and tried to um, put us in sports. <laughs> 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 so, okay, and we—I have to say though—we we got a lot closer uh, relationally the further we moved apart from each other. Uh, they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder, but I think in all reality, it's absence makes the homicidal thoughts subclinical. <laughs> so Cody, I'm, I'm giving this speech to you as a gift. I know that the knowledge, being your older brother, that I have lived in your shadow for eight <laughs> solid years. <laughs> and okay, and I knew, I'm getting nervous, okay. I, I knew that part of the speech had to be sentimental, inspirational, you know, some, some of that garbage. But I, I told, I, I knew that if I modeled the speech after Churchill, Reagan, that Cody would have like drooled onto his vest over there. Um, but instead, I turned to model mine, I turned to the mentor of a generation, the people's teacher, Mr. George Finney. 
<laughs> I mean, he had a way of touching you deeply and just making your spirit soar. And oh, I'm so nervous. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I can't believe I pulled this off. At 96 years of age, Mr. George... <laughs> <laughs> Cody, like outside of our wives, I, I can honestly say that Cody is my best friend. Uh, he began to share, as we got older, he began to share more than just sarcasm, scornful looks, and apathy. Uh, he started sharing his worries um, and his fears. Mm. And one of his biggest, honestly, was that this would never happen. During one of the most trying times, I, I, did, I told him about flash forwards. Uh, I don't know if we're the only ones to come up with it, but my wife and I called them flash forwards. And a flashback is when you're in a situation and then all of a sudden you remember something that happened. But a flash forward for us is when you're in a situation and it's almost like you can see the future. Like Kristen said that every time I held a baby, she had flash forwards to when I became a dad. And I told Cody about one. I, I said that I could already see it, that while I was delivering my best man speech, that we would just share this knowing glance that would wordlessly convey that, you know what, everything's okay. So, Michelle, I want you to know that Cody prayed for you, but there's a catch. <laughs> he prayed for you before he even knew it was you. He would wake up in the morning and pray that you, whoever God had ordained to be his soulmate, that you would have a good day. He prayed that your endeavors would be successful and that you would feel loved and happy. He fell in love with you before he even knew it was you. So Michelle, I can tell you this for certain, that you are marrying someone who has one of the biggest hearts loudest laughs <laughs> that I know. And Cody, thank God you are marrying a therapist. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> Where do you think I get the laugh from? <laughs> <laughs> to Cody and Michelle. Cody and Michelle. Now, Cody, I, I know that I did not talk your best. Mm -mm. That wasn't the goal. The, the goal was to give you one to remember. And to do that, I needed a little help. Oh, hey guys, it's uh, it's editor Alex. I'm coming to you from the relative future, or or kind of the past. I'm not really sure. Uh, it, time time is bizarre. Uh, you know, you're you're listening to this in the future. I'm in the past, but I'm in the future for the episode. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you want to hear the rest of William's speech and all of the uncut, unedited uh, well wishes from all of the cameos that William brought in. When you're done with this, go back one episode, and all of those well wishes are, are right there for you to enjoy. Uh, so we'll get back to the speeches. Harley's speech is also phenomenal. So that's all from the past future. Goodbye now.
do have a snippet here before we get into, uh, you know, you, you're talking about being a little nervous. Um, still a little nervous. Haven't fully finished the best man speech. I have a lot to live up to, but wish me luck. I got to see uh, a few of your cameos that you brought in. And <laughs> listeners, um, uh, Listeners of the podcast or Cody and Michelle in the future when you get this uh, in some format or another. Um, I knew some of these cameos that were coming. And yet, the way you masterfully, masterfully wove them together and set up. I mean, I, as the MC, asked people to move from one side of the tent to the other because William has a, a special media presentation and they're all <laughs> expecting a PowerPoint. And yet William goes on for, I don't know, 10 minutes before he even hits play. 
And so I know people were like, well, I'm going to get out of my seat for this. I could have been eating cake over there. And then the TV turned on. I, I, I like that the audio picks up Cody's laugh and it picks up dad. Like Your dad laughing? Gasping for is breath. Is amazing. And, you know, I can see as, as a father, you want to keep it together for a big event like this. You need to show strength. You need to show <laughs> maturity. And that was the moment where the dam broke. The floodgates were just open and the laughter just rolled forth. That release of that wedding pressure just gone. Mm-hmm. And I looked over and I was like, this is awesome. But I will say, this is the first wedding that I've been to that neither the best man nor the maid of honor had a bad speech. And I say that not with any form of bias whatsoever. I I swear, if it had not been good, William, I would have privately said something. (laughs) But Harley was like, I I don't know, let William go first. And then she's like, "Uh, maybe I shouldn't have. And yet, she did a masterful job. She did a great job. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, good job, Harley. See, normally when I add the the clapping track in the background, um, it sounds more exciting. But now it's just me. <laughs> but I I can say, uh, and again, I think I started at the beginning of this by saying the common descriptor that I've heard from people describing the wedding was perfect. And I have never been to a wedding that was more organized, but more relaxed and joyful on the actual day which i got to uh see firsthand you know think about it like normally you have a wedding planner who's like all right the itinerary boom 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 like you gotta go you gotta go you gotta do this gotta do that and you feel this like i gotta i gotta do and at one point and this is uh, showing how I am not ready to be an MC. I look down, we finished, and uh, I go, well, we have another hour between now and our next event, so... And I just stood there for a second, and Michelle stands up and goes, let's go ahead and do the cake now, then. I was like, perfect, we're going to do the cake now. Although I sat back down, and Allie went, uh, a real DJ wouldn't have said that. And I went, well, fun fact. I am not I am a real not. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I am reject groomsman number one. So, um, yeah, thankfully, I mean, when you talk about prepared, my goodness, she had a color-coded schedule. Like, blue for groom, pink for bridesmaid. Color-coded, like, but she was not precious about it. Like, it, no, it, it was just very, like... It made sense. Yeah. It wasn't like every line. It's like green is this, blue is that, purple is this, orange is that. And it was like, yeah, blue boys, pink girls. No, it now was you great. know where you need to and, be. And I know that this was a long time coming for both of them. I think Michelle in her vows had said that she was smitten with Cody since she was eight years old. Like this, Cody has been telling me about Michelle for a long time. He and I, obviously, I won't, I won't uh, share too many deep conversations. But there were nights where you go up on the Liberty Monogram Mountain, 
you're sitting there in the dark and they had a little gazebo up there with some string lights and you're just sitting there looking over Lynchburg and you're talking about life mm-hmm. and uh, I even remember one night we were sitting there watching Indiana Jones in my dorm and because I had a lofted bunk we set up the chairs and set up our own little movie theater and so we'd have plenty of these long late night conversations um, and inevitably life and love and who would all be brought up and he would say consistently you know there's this girl that my mom keeps saying i need to you know date you know she's nice but i just life's not in the right spot and he just kept saying that over and over again and it is just it feels providential it feels like god's timing it feels like it yeah. was meant to be yeah. uh, when you talk about two people that are just perfect for each other. But, I mean, as the uh, the evening kind of drew to a close, I think that there's, there's a fatigue around weddings, especially once you get into the reception, where everybody is just checking their clock to see when it's over. But it seemed... <laughs> no, honestly, you've been to those weddings. You honestly... Oh, you, absolutely. You have. But this was I've, one. I've been the one checking my watch. Like, babe, I'm no more dancing. Like, I love you, but no more dancing. I'm I'm at my end. But this is one and... where it seemed like everybody that remained just kind of glided from activity to person to conversation, and there was no urgency about it. Yet, it felt timely whenever they did decide to do their send off, and they did leave. It just. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm biased. No, no. Because it's my no, brother. No, I but... think you're right. I think you're right. Well, I mean, I, I can say this. Uh, Rebecca Lynn and Ashley, if either my sister or sister-in-law are listening right now, I love you both dearly. Um, but uh, a pandemic wedding is not an easy one to perform. And they yeah. were both pandemic weddings. Uh, they just, I love them both. I have great memories of those days. They just don't flow the same. Right. Uh, this one, there was no nothing hurried. There was nothing um, rushed. And people were just enjoying the time spent together. You know, it was a, a, the bachelor party was a microcosm of the wedding. Where yeah. it was, yeah. conver- you'd look and, I mean, I, I intentionally picked music. Uh, this is where, uh, if you want to hire me as a DJ, I know what I'm doing. But, I mean, I was picking music for, like, dinner and before the wedding. And so I wasn't playing, like, party music. And that meant that there was plenty of time for conversation. And you'd see little groups popping up at tables as people were pulling together chairs into a circle. And the wedding party is flowing back and forth uh, to meet people and create conversation and people are going down making s'mores at a bonfire that's right over there by the tent and you've got aunts and uncle uncles mingling and kids out on the i think my favorite part was all of the kids on the dance floor right. doing the ymca <laughs> all the parents and extended family are all standing around i mean it was like the cult of the ymca because all the adults are doing the YMCA and the kids are like, arms, going places, okay. My favorite part of the entire evening, 
and it's kind of crazy to me that this was impromptu because it felt like it was always meant to happen but my favorite part of the entire evening was when they came to the realization that their last dance needed to be the same song that Cap <laughs> and Peggy danced to at the end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I was immediately transported back to the movie theater, <laughs> sitting next to Cody, when the moment he realized that Cap and Peggy got their dance, just the in the row shaking sobs of <laughs> happiness that Cap and yeah. Peggy got their dance because yeah. he had been calling it for six years leading up to Endgame that there is going to be some sort of time travel shenanigans and Cap is going to go back and he's going to get the dance with Peggy. Just like if, if I believed in manifestation, he would be the perfect representation (laughs) of it because he brought that into existence. And Hey Cody, when you're listening, uh, talk about how William and I are going to become millionaires overnight. (laughs) Like in time, but he, in the same way, that he yearned for Cap and Peggy to be to finally come together and live out the rest of their life together. I know that Cody Murphy yearned for the day when he would find his Peggy and live out the rest of their day. And so the moment that the music started playing and they started dancing to that song, I just... It was the perfect ending to an absolutely perfect day. Couldn't agree more. And uh, because I am a sneaky b- <laughs> uh, to cap it off... Cap it off? I faded it out. And they, you know, they're starting to walk off, and then I slowly faded in the Captain America theme, <laughs> just because I could, just because I could. And uh, it was just like, you know, look, he's our our nerdy best friend and brother, right? Uh, watching him be like, yeah, I am Captain America right now. Like, that was that was a fun moment. Yeah. I will say one other really funny thing um, on, a, on a fun up note. After it's all winding down, we're helping take everything down. They've, they're off to Disney. Um, you know, Allie and I had a, a nine-hour drive. So what we did was we went up to Louisville where uh, we ha- both have grandparents. And so we're staying with grandparents. Um, and on our way out, uh, there was talk of everybody going back to the airbnb to play cards and so Allie and i are already almost two hours back to louisville at this point and i get a phone call from william murphy so i freak out just a little bit because i go oh no what's wrong uh did something else happen did i don't know i'm just running through my laundry list of whatever it has to be important because we, we said goodbye. We got hugs. We Something has to be... Hey, Alex. Uh, do you know how to play Rook? 
Yeah, I know how to play Rook. Why? Oh, well, Dad's coming down to the Airbnb, and uh, he wants to get a game of Rook started up. Well, I would love to do that, William, but I'm in Louisville. <laughs> oh, I knew that. Oh, oh, dang it. So thanks for rubbing that in, because I asked Cody to play six-handed Rook, and he said no. Because the only right way to play Rook is four-handed Rook, because... And I quote, that's the only way I know how to. Uh, no, that's, it's the best way. <laughs> I don't know. It's the, the right chaos way of six-handed rook is fun. Way. Hey, at least you were wanting to play rook and not phase 10. That game can go jump in a river with a cinder block tied around its <laughs> proverbial <laughs> ankles. Well, if you made it this far, uh, apply your congratulations. I'm not even giving you the apologies. Congratulations. Right. right. Um, you know, we, we are so happy to, to Michelle and Cody. We are so happy for you both. We are so proud of you both for the people that you are, uh, for the display of love and commitment that you all made. And just know that not only do you have the support and love from us, but many, many more people. And so... For everybody who is listening, thanks for coming along. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was a great day. It's a little outside of our normal episode, a little like pre-production, a little live commentary, a little bit of a filler commentary. But uh, we're glad you made it. And so, uh, drop us a, a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, um, or on uh, the ever nebulous. Um, Amazon podcast. We we really don't know what, what's going on over there. Cody One of these was, days we will get. Cody was real proud that we were on Amazon podcast. And I, you're welcome. <laughs> if you would like to send any message to the new bride and groom, um, congratulating them on their wedding, um, we will be happy to forward that message on to them. So again, thank you for listening uh, to this point. Uh, it was a magical day full of lots of love and excitement and uh, relaxation. And the frozen head of Walt Disney. And that the, was the best one. <laughs> magical day back. full of magical. the frozen head of Walt Disney. Um, so uh, for all of us here at A Doctor and a Lawyer Walking to a Bar, um, thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs>